Parks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Chobani Zero Sugar, disrupting the yogurt market, and why Nestle and Mondelez are rethinking their portfolios. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, food industry journalist and webinar moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Mira Nabulsi. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off today with a story about two of the largest food companies in the world, Nestle and Mondelez, and they've been rethinking their portfolios as of late. So in the food industry, we talk a lot about mergers and acquisitions, and those are huge news. But the other side of the coin, you know, selling off or scrapping plans to acquire businesses is just as significant. So as I said, Nestle and Mondelez are rethinking some of their prior business decisions and conducting strategic reviews. So why are they doing this? And there's some pretty interesting factors. And I'll start with Nestle. So in the last few years, Nestle has taken many steps to expand its presence in the better-for-you food and beverage category and ditching a number of product lines that don't really fall into that category. Uh, some, some of those examples include plant-based brands Sweet Earth, Blue Bottle Coffee, and meal delivery service Freshly. But despite these efforts, Nestle still isn't meeting the mark and its executives are acknowledging it. So I found an internal document cited by the Financial Times from Nestle, and the company admitted that more than 60% of their products in its mainstream portfolio are categorized as unhealthy. And more than that, only 30% of Nestle's revenue in food and beverage, uh, which excludes products like specialized medical nutrition and pet food, achieve a rating of 3.5 under Australia's Health Star system, with 3.5 stars as the threshold for recognized definition of health. So executives uh, recognize that a lot of the company's products and not just the products, but their entire categories will never be considered healthy, no matter how much it reforms. However, some of the documents admissions are, are pretty shocking, especially in the beverage category. So practically all of Nestle's beverage portfolio 96% of it, excluding pure coffee, consists of unhealthy products, and 99% of its confectionery and ice cream portfolio are unhealthy, and just 82% of its water products meet the threshold, which is pretty shocking to me. So Nestle told Food Business News that it's working on a company-wide project to update its pioneering nutrition and health strategy, and they're looking at their entire portfolio across different phases of people's lives to ensure that its products are helping meet nutritional needs and support a balanced diet. And they say that they're going to start this nutrition strategy, or they've started it in January, and uh, they'll talk about the outcome of it in 2022. So that was pretty shocking to me just to see those statistics uh, in terms of how many of its products are considered unhealthy. But now they're kind of admitting it and with the growing health trends, trying to make a change. 
And in terms of Mondelez, they're actually uh, thinking a little less broader and more of a specific segment. So at a Wall Street conference a few weeks back, their CFO, Luca Zaramella, said that the company was conducting a strategic view of its gum portfolio, and it owns massive players in the gum world like Trident, Stride, and Dentine. So Mondelez said that uh, in an earnings call that its candy and gum business was actually down during the quarter and uh, 8% on a two-year basis. And I wondered why, but he mentioned that it's a business that has been disproportionately impacted by COVID, given that the fact given the fact that it is consumed for the vast majority on the go. So people are just buying gum, you know, at the checkout, and less people have been doing that recently. So apart from Mondelez's gum portfolio, gum as a whole has struggled during the pandemic. So the gum category overall was down 8.2% from the prior year uh, and, and really down in sales. So with Nestle and Mondelez sort of expecting rebounds from their pandemic-induced drops, it definitely makes sense for them to look for ways to improve. And once they have improved, uh, you know, Nestle and Mondelez could move forward on sales or other options. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts mainly on Nestle and their unhealthy portfolio. Is this something that surprises you or is it something that when you actually kind of, you know, think a little bit about it, no, it's not really surprising. And do you think it's, you know, it's definitely, it's a good idea for them to be sort of re-examining their portfolio? Yeah, I think certainly because um, Nelsé is such a big company um, and they've been tapping into, you know, um, the plant-based industry and all of that stuff, you would assume that they have more healthier products in their portfolio, especially because a lot of the people nowadays are health-conscious consumers and, you know, functional beverages are on the rise, like we've spoken about and things like that. So I think think the... um, idea of unhealthy eating is slowly dying out but at the same time junk food isn't so it's like where exactly do they stand and like what are they trying to promote all these questions are questions I think consumers will start to question um but yeah that's my my that's my initial thoughts on it yeah, I would say yes and no, because uh, as Mira, you know, you were saying, Nestle is, of course, known for all of these indulgent junk foods and things like that. So it's not really a surprise, but I think it's a surprise given that they have been venturing into sort of more better for you foods, but it still hasn't really caught up. And again, yeah, how do they want to position themselves? Do they want a 50-50 split like like half of their portfolio is health-based, you know, how good for you, better for you products versus just the other half being you know, good old junk food, right? So I don't think, like Mira was saying too, the junk food aspect is going anywhere. So I'm not completely surprised because uh, Nestle, yeah, it's known for their stuff like their chocolates. And um, it, although the trend has been towards trying to make these things better for you, I think at the end of the day, for some of us indulging in those kinds of uh, foods and products from time to time is never going to go away really um so there is a market there still and i i think 
Nestle should maybe stick to that to some level, maybe, I would say, just for the tradition. And of course, you know, you don't want to have like completely unhealthy or toxic uh, ingredients in, in the products, but um, it is something that people have grown up with. There's nostalgia there and people will like to indulge from time to time. Yeah, I totally agree with both of you. It's it's they're in a tough position right now, and I also wonder whether or not they would be reexamining the, their portfolio had this information not been uh, leaked, if you will, uh, and become a document that anyone could see. Clearly, it had been uh, you know uh, on executives' minds since they were talking about it, and this was an internal document from Nestle. But I, I do wonder, you know, how much pressure was put on them to, to sort of re-examine uh, this, um, you know, from, from external forces. But I, I, I totally agree. There's always going to be a market for, for junk food and, uh, you know, chocolate bars and nest tea, uh, which is a very, very sugary, unhealthy beverage. And mm-hmm. the, the beverage aspect was, was the most shocking to me that almost yeah. all of their beverages were considered unhealthy. So. That was actually shocking to me too. I remember when I read this story that yeah, ninety nine. What was it? Ninety six or ninety nine? Ninety six percent. Yeah, of their beverage portfolio. I was like, wow. Like they have waters and stuff under their oh, belts, wow. but it's that is really shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, yeah, the beverage one very shocking. You know, they're never going to. I highly doubt they'd ever get rid of their you know top selling chocolate bars and 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 junk food because i feel i I know that also you know junk food has been on the rise during the pandemic too so uh, i wonder how much it influenced this uh, as a whole but like you said mira like healthy trends better for you um that's been a huge movement as of late and i think really they're just trying to get on board with the trends and how they can continue making money while also satisfying their existing customers um, so those are, those are my thoughts on that. It's a tough spot to be in, actually. I kind of feel bad for Nestle for, at some level, because <laughs> they're kind of struggling, struggling between two worlds, almost. They're caught in between. Um, so I think they're just going to have to try to strike a, a balance and, and see where they really want to go with things. Yeah, I agree. And with that, I'll pass it over to you, Mira. Thank you, Sydney. So this week, I'd like to talk about Chobani's latest introduction to their portfolio. So they introduced a Chobani Zero Sugar, which has seriously disrupted the yogurt market. Not many people know this, but yogurt that's bought in stores has some sugar in it. And uh, there are brands that are low sugar or low fat that usually use alternatives to give it that sweet flavor um, because yogurt without the sugary flavor isn't really tasty. So Chobani wanted to find a way to cater to those healthier and conscious consumers by providing them with a yogurt that has zero sugar in it and also uses natural ingredients to give it that sweet flavor. It actually took them around a year to produce this product and launch it into the market. So in order to reduce the sugars naturally that occur in milk, Chobani uses filtered milk in the process. They use a natural fermentation method that allows the yogurt cultures to consume and remove any leftover sugars that aren't eliminated through the filtration process. The company then adds sweeteners like monk fruit and aloes that are natural and non-GMO. 
Chobani Zero Sugar is 60 calories per 5.3 ounces, which is 60% fewer calories than comparable low-fat yogurt sold in supermarkets nationwide. Other than the fact that it has zero sugar, the yogurt is also lactose-free and is a good source of protein and actually has six live and active cultures, including probiotics. So to compare the sugar content, um, this product to their other products in terms of their sugar content, the regular Chobani yogurt has 14 grams of sugar and the less sugar Chobani yogurt has 9 grams of sugar. So why did they introduce this product now, some people may ask. So Peter McGuinness is the president and COO, COO of Chobani, and he said that because of COVID-19, people started to create healthier habits, especially when it comes to snacking. And it's unlikely that this trend will slow down anytime soon. So according to BNN Bloomberg, yogurt sales rose 12% in the U.S. in 2020. This is because of an increase of um, at-home eating and an increase in grocery shopping. So companies need to find a way to cater those cater to those people, but also keep them close post-pandemic. The predictions show that there will be an 8% decline in the yogurt market this year. So this product announcement um, and the new addition uh, to their portfolio came as speculation rises about their initial public offering that values Chobani at $10 billion. So Chobani Zero, uh, Zero Sugar comes in single-serve cups in floor, four flavors, vanilla, mixed berry, strawberry, and blueberry, and has a suggested retail price between um, $1.40 to uh, $5.49, depending on the package that you purchase. So my question for you is, um, do we think post-pandemic these health-conscious habits will stay for a long time? And if so, do we think more companies will be introducing healthier alternatives to their product portfolio? I know we just spoke about Nestle and how they actually don't have many healthier options, so it's interesting to bring this question to see the other side of things. Uh, What do you guys think? Yeah, I think this is a sort of an innovation within the company and kind of yogurt itself because I've had um, no sugar yogurts before and they've not been really good, like you were saying, kind of not much flavor, creaminess. Um, but this kind of sounds like a different way entirely to make the product and they're known for their yogurt. So this isn't surprising that it's coming from them. But I definitely think that this trend is going to continue after the pandemic, especially with, you know, people being reintroduced into society and having to see each other again and becoming (laughs) more self-conscious of the weight they put on. Um, Maybe I'm just talking about me during the (laughs) pandemic. Um, But I, I think it's a great idea to diversify their portfolio like this to also maintain their you know the products that do have sugar um, and offer customers uh, another alternative as well so um, yeah I definitely think that other companies will will start doing their own innovation um, to typically unhealthy foods and that's a good point about yogurt too I used to think that it was healthy um, because of maybe like the probiotics in it and I never thought to look at like the sugar the calories or the fat but it actually really isn't that healthy of a, of a product and it is consumed often with you know granola or other things that are sugary as well so yeah I, I really like this innovation and I definitely think this this trend will continue. 
Yeah, they, um, so just to add on to uh, what Chobani is doing, actually, so they introduced um, zero sugar oat milk late mm. last year also. So they've been tapping into this market, but they just wanted to create, you know, a yogurt that tastes good, like you were saying, Sydney, but has zero sugar. Um, but yeah, you, meant, you were going to say yeah, something? You, well, you just mentioned oat milk. I, I didn't even know their oat milk had sugar in it. So yeah, the hidden sugars are, are everywhere and yogurt is no exception. And in terms of like this trend towards uh, less calories, healthier, better for you options, I think it was something that was happening pre-pandemic and and. I don't see the trend going anywhere post-pandemic either. So I think this is really great that Chobani's introduced this innovative product. And I really like the fact that a lot of companies are now looking towards natural sugar alternatives rather than, you know, the typical stevias and things like that. So, and other kinds of artificial sweeteners. So I really like that. I think they, they used stuff like monk fruit and allulose. So that's, that's kind of cool. That's really cool. And I really appreciate companies who are kind of taking that kind of step to, for better for you and more simple and natural ingredients. So this is really great to hear. Yeah, I think in past podcasts, we've talked about how, um, you know, some plant, plant-based companies and other companies tell you it's better for you and all that kind of stuff, but you don't actually know what's in the product. Um, last week, we talked about um, the protein bar that has five basic ingredients that mm-hmm. they list on their packaging. So I think people are starting to be aware of the kind of healthy products they actually want to consume and I think that's also what the company is doing here by targeting those people and using um you know natural sweeteners natural ingredients rather than the artificial stuff that other low fat and like um yeah low sugar companies do which you know a lot of people say oh it's low fat and mm-hmm. it's low sugar but then the other person on the other side of the table is like actually it's worse for you than yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know the full sugar <laughs> full fat version of that um so yeah it's like you know butter margarine and yeah. like uh, margarine <laughs> is like your body can't even recognize this it's like oh, I'm going back to butter now you know stuff like that so. <laughs> yeah I think there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of confusion but I think as long as we stay clean and lean and or like clean and <laughs> clean and try transparent i think that's where um consumers are heading it's all about getting clean and lean after the pandemic exactly Exactly. (laughs) or uh to get back into shape (laughs) post-pandemic all right well that brings us to the end of this episode of the x talks food podcast if you like today's show don't forget to rate review and subscribe thanks everyone and see you next week Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. 
For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.